Three Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone out there in T-Bomb land, welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe and as always, my brother Coach Tony is here. Tony. Joe, what's going on? What's going on everybody in T-Bomb land? Uh, fantastic show today for all of you, um, as always. Uh, how to adjust? How to adjust your training in terms of volume and intensity, and uh, what are the rules when it comes to all that? Right. Uh, so, first, how about a feel-good story? I, we haven't done one of these, I think, in a couple weeks, Joe, and I think uh, this is a good time for one right now. What do you think? Absolutely, let's hear it. All right. So, uh, this feel-good story here, as we begin our show today. Uh, when I read about this, I thought it was I thought it was awesome, uh, and I think everybody else out there will once they. Uh, hear who it's all about at the end of it. Um, you know, there, there was, there was a Jewish family whose last name was Karnofsky and they migrated to the United States in the early 1900s from Lithuania into a neighborhood in New Orleans. Uh, some people say New Orleans, some people say New Orleans, however you want to say it, you know, the geographical location I'm speaking of here in the United States. And yeah, this family, the Kronofsky family, they migrated there in the early 1900s uh, into New Orleans. And they they made up uh, this. It was a community made up mostly of, of Jewish immigrants from Lithuania, many of them related aunts, uncles, cousins, so on and so forth. And there was a boy and, and he was approximately seven years of age who lived across the tracks from this neighborhood. Uh, he was a very unfortunate young man and how life had had treated him, the, the deal the hand he had been dealt, I should say, in his first seven years of life. He decided he was going to make his way across the tracks one day and begin to find work with these families in this Jewish community of immigrants. And the Karnofsky family embraced him. Now, they had no problem hiring him to, to help with their little family business, which he would work at day and night, night and day, to help provide for his mother and grandmother that he lived with as, as his father abandoned him uh, the day he was born. Thus, when we talk about the unfortunate in his first seven years of life here on earth. At time, you know, as time went on, the young boy would, would begin learning and singing certain songs that were both Russian and Jewish favorites with the Karnofsky family, as well as other families in that community. Now, now here's where I'm not sure how the actual story goes when I, when I researched it and I looked at a couple of different avenues as far as how the story went. At one point, the story went that the family bought him a horn as was a custom for them. That was tradition, so to speak, within their families. From what my research uh, shows me, one story says it was the father who bought the horn for this young man. And another says the oldest brother gave him one. Either way, he played the heck out of that horn and began to gather crowds of people to listen to him. Now, as he got older and followed his love of music, he would use these Jewish melodies in many of his songs. He spoke fluent Yiddish and until the day he died, wore the Star of David around his neck. It's a fantastic story about the man who warmed our hearts when he sang what a wonderful world, Mr. Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. Now, 
that is why I love this part of the show. The backstories about the feel good stories. You know what I'm talking about, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what? <laughs> was wonderful world, but he had many other accolades in his time as well. Uh, he was also a movie star. He was a songwriter, a comedian. Um, and you could tell neither one of us got our research from Facebook because they're different, right? And everything. If it was on Facebook, it would have to be true. Uh, so we're not really sure about this part. But from what I've seen, uh, his career actually started in a juvenile correction center in 1913 when he picked up his first instrument. And it wasn't a trumpet. A lot of people think that that was a trumpet he started with. It's actually a cornet. And it's huh. really similar to a trumpet, but it's a little wider. So it's going to give it more of a mid to, uh, mid-tone sound rather than like the higher pitched uh, trumpet does. Uh-huh. So nonetheless, by the mid-1920s, his career had launched. That said, Wonderful World wasn't really written until 1967. And even yes. so, it didn't gain any no- notability here uh, in the U.S. until the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 1999 when it was finally inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. I did. I did read. I did read that part. But that's interesting about the about him not picking up a trumpet until 1913. Although, then again, that would put him at, I think, somewhere around 12 years old or 13 or no, actually, no, that would put him around 15 or 16 years old at that point, I think. Yeah, because it wasn't until his mid 20s when he finally started to make it really big. Uh, He started he traveled with some other. Um, some other bands that were that were going around, and, and mm-hmm. there was a few different ones that that he different orchestras he'd played in and what have you. Uh, it really wasn't until like twenty five, twenty six until his wow. career actually started to take off. Good stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and everybody loves that song. What a wonderful world. I mean, you, you can't help but sing it whether you like it or not. So yeah, and, and, and do your best to make his voice to make to do that voice too. You know, right? I could do it, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hurt anybody's ears in this in this podcast. Thank but you. But anyways, <laughs> okay. Come Christmas time, you're. You know what you're going to be listening I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting. (laughs) All right. All that said, it's time for our sponsored ad. Don't go anywhere, folks, because when we return, we'll begin our talk about the inverse relationship between volume and intensity. As we said in last week's show, weight resistance in accordance with reps. Just a small example. There's a lot more there. So stay right here and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. So many of us jump into working out. And I'm telling you, trust me, I listen to all of you talk on a daily best, uh, daily basis. Well, yeah, with the uh, my favorite, I am going to start going to the gym and make sure, quote unquote, by the way, I'm there for two hours and just kill myself. I'm going with as many sets as I can go, as as heavy as I can go. And I'm going to do that because the old adage, which still holds true to this day, apparently, quote unquote, no pain, no gain. Somebody hit it big with that one. And so I get that to a certain extent, but I don't agree with that 100%. And I did not mean to rhyme there. I did not no, know. Don't you know what? I'm a poet. But <laughs> yeah, it, it, tell me, tell me though, seriously, now, honestly, how, how is that working out for all of you in all seriousness? The whole no pain, no gain, two to three hours a day in the gym, five to six days a week, sometimes seven for some of you. Folks, we have to get smarter. We can achieve results, fantastic results, when we follow simple rules, simple principles that help guide us in the right direction. Today, we aren't going down the road of trying to teach all the principles involved. We would be here all day. We'd be here for three days, Mm -hmm. uh, literally around the clock. We have already talked about certain principles, the principles of warming up and cooling down and foundational training. 
Now we are going to dive into the relationship that is absolutely essential to us in the gym. And that is the inverse relationship between volume and intensity. Yeah. And one other thing too, uh, uh, you know, it, we also talked about the overtraining effect, which goes hand in hand with that whole idea of killing yourself at the gym and the whole no pain, no gain. Ah. But, uh, you know, something else to add, even that philosophy of no pain, no gain uh, of the past is it, it's a great way to end up with an injury. Mm-hmm. As I said, the whole overtraining effect, especially if you aren't taking into consideration the topics Tony just mentioned, warming up and cooling down, as well as foundational training. Injuries equal time away from exercise, sometimes four to six weeks away. Mm. Want to know a great way to undo all of your hard work? Ignore what we're saying and dive right in. Again, this is a lifestyle change. It's forever moving forward. It's a marathon, folks. Lose that sprint mentality. Yeah, the sprint mentality. I mean, it's not. It's not that it's not good in the moment. At times, it's not good in the long, in terms of longevity. Uh, you'll definitely fall flat on your face. Uh, every one of us would if we stayed with that mentality twenty four seven. Absolutely. Um, the, the best way to do this is to break down each concept individually first and then and then show you the relationship and how they work together inversely to create perfect scenarios within our workouts. Make sense? If not, okay, so let's break it down now and, and make some sense of it because I can understand that this can really sound complicated uh, in its simplest of terms. And again, it's a reason why The beauty of this is you can listen to this as many times as you need to, or you can ask us questions. So that being said, first, we're going to look at volume. Volume, in its simplest of terms, can be defined as the total amount of work done. When we talk about how many repetitions we are doing and for how many sets we are doing a particular workout, along with how much weight we are going to be utilizing, we are discussing the volume of the training. Okay. Okay. So again, volume is equal to reps and sets, right? Yes. You got almost, you got two thirds of it. It's volume is equal to, well, add the total amount of weight as well. So let me, let me give a a quick example here of what I, what I mean by this using what you just asked me and then adding the weight as well. Okay. Keeping it as simple as possible. Okay. Uh, If we're going with 10 sets of dumbbell curls and we're going to do 10 reps for each set, the volume would be, 100, right? 10 sets of 10 reps. And we're using 10-pound dumbbells. So you must multiply that in, and the volume is now 1,000. Right. 10 times 10 times 10. So you have to take reps times sets times times weight in order to get the total volume you are doing in that particular workout for that particular exercise. Okay. Okay. So it's extremely important to understand your volume during training sessions. Volume changes within your workout can determine whether you are obtaining the goals you set out to achieve or not. The number of sets and reps in any given workout will determine whether an individual is lifting for muscular size, power, strength, muscular endurance. My point here is this. Volume is extremely important to understand based on knowing what you want, what goals you are setting. Okay. Okay. So, so we will, uh, at the end of all this, we'll, we'll give this a, a very easy way for people to look at it because mm. I'm certain most folks are listening right now are like, that's math and 
now there's an equation on how I work out and, you know, listen, don't go anywhere because I, I assure you, uh, by the end of this, we're going to make it so simple, easy for you to understand. Um, and then you could, you know, even give it a re-listen and apply what we say to, you know, what we're saying now. Right. Uh, that said, let's talk about this real quick. I'm looking to gain muscle, muscle mass. Right. Mm. And so we're looking at, you always hear like eight to 10 reps, three to four sets. If I'm looking to tone up higher reps, like 10 to 12, how does that whole thing work? Or Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you the, the quick, quick answer here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give you the quick, quick version. All right. The nice, right. the nice thing about this is that as we add, as we add more shows, you know, as time goes on, we can we can link to former shows in the descriptions if people even want more insight. So there's that. Right. Yeah. N- nonetheless, for all intents and purposes here. All right. Muscle mass. You're asking me. Right. Studies in the past have shown six to 12 reps per set, three to six, three to six sets per exercise, depending on how many different exercises you are doing that day. So if you're going to be doing bench press because you're looking on building muscle, chest muscle, mm-hmm. and you're doing bench press, you're looking anywhere between six and 12 reps to build mass in the chest, three to six sets. Make okay. sense? Yeah. Now, let's say I'm doing four other chest exercises, then the sets would come down, right? Because the sets it's would, like, yeah, you definitely aren't going to do six sets for every single one of them. No. Right. No. Right. Okay. No. So now muscular endurance. All right. You're talking about toning. You're talking about endurance. Uh, your, you know, studies again, I'm, I'm talking about studies folks, and there's something we're going to talk about at the end on recent studies, but right now studies here are saying 12 or more reps per set with as little as two sets per exercise. Sometimes it actually not sometimes, but the majority of the time, three sets more times than not. So now again, if we want to stick with that bench press and you're, you're looking to tone quote unquote up your chest and, uh, you know, engage in increasing muscular endurance in the chest muscles. You're looking at 12 or more reps, 12 to 15, 15 to 20, uh, reps for three sets. And, and something we should add there as well. We're also talking about in a, in a, right now we're talking reps and sets, but for those of you that are just listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, but how much weight, um, it is for an amount of weight that you can do this, do this with proper form. And of course, you know, you're going to have to judge your resistance on that. Your yeah. last few reps should not be easy. And we're going okay. to mention, yeah. yeah, we're going to mention you, that, yeah. Right. I know we're going to get into that with intensity, but so I don't want to get too far there. But mm-hmm. uh, if you're just listening to this part, and you're wondering about that. I'll just let the cat out of the back now. Proper form, form over everything. But mm. OK, go ahead. Yeah. And, and let me just say this to make sure that I get this out. And don't forget when Joe just talks about proper form over everything, what I tell the people I train uh, or my younger people, my younger athletes, I have a four set rule, uh, four step rule. It's technique, 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 then speed, mm-hmm. technique, 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 then flexibility, technique, 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 then strength. You have to have your technique or you are asking for a world of problems. Sure. So just to add to that now, now let's get in, into intensity, which is a whole different animal here. Um, when, when looking at this concept, we are talking about the degree of strength, the force and energy applied to a movement. All right. So when, when looking at training, we can apply this concept in several ways. Uh, if you're decreasing the time of rest in between sets, you're increasing the intensity. If you're increasing the amount of weight being used, you're increasing the intensity as well as the volume. That's where mm-hmm. people get confused. Yeah. If you're increasing your time under tension, 
you were increasing the intensity. And what I mean by time under tension, and boys, that could be a fantastic show. Uh, that is when uh, I'm going to give you just one example of what I mean by time under tension and, and move on just so you guys have an understanding. Wall sits. Everybody knows what wall sits are, correct? You are sitting there. You're not squatting up. You're not, you're not sitting back down. You are sitting against the wall and you're just holding your body in place for a certain period of time. The longer you hold it there, the more time under tension, the more intensity increases. Simple enough. Keep this in mind, folks. When we talk about intensity in this situation, although it plays a role as far as getting fired up, quote unquote, so to speak, because people think about that intensity, the emotional intensity, that's not the topic here. This, This is not about going and getting kicked out of Planet Fitness for throwing the weights around and yelling and screaming because you want to be fired up and intense. This is strictly about the amount of energy We use to move an object a certain number of times or hold an object in place for a certain number or a certain period of time, I should say. Right. Okay. So this is where weight or resistance training comes in, right? I hate to just say weight because there are such things as resistance bands and tractor tires, weighted vests, all types of really resistance. Mm -hmm. So again, volume is sets times reps times weight and intensity is the level of resistance or weights we're using. Am I on the right track here? You're on the right track. Okay, I want to be sure because uh, I want to be sure our listeners get a true grasp because I know for me, when I think volume, somehow I keep equating it to only weight. And, and listen, and you, sh- and you should, not that you should, but that's, that's the norm. That's the norm. When you think volume, you, you know, that, that, that happens. Now, I'm not saying that, that reps and sets don't play a part also, but you, you do equate volume and weight together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So, so let me be clear again so our listeners get this point. Volume, as you've said it, and I'm going to say it again because you can't say it enough, is the reps you do times the sets you do times the total weight. Just like the 10-10-10 example that I gave a little bit earlier. Total Mm -hmm. volume. Intensity is how much of an increase in the struggle where the heart rate increases, the breathing intensifies, and finishing the movement properly in terms of technique gets harder and harder towards the end. Okay, so now, so, oh, so so well, just to make sure, where I've been saying that volume is reps and sets, and intensity is the amount of weight. That's not exactly accurate. That no, really, it, volume is volume has to deal with how many times you're doing something with a certain amount of resistance. Intensity is just that at what intensity you're doing it. As you just said, when it makes your heart rate increase. So obviously, if you're decreasing your your rest time. Your heart rate is going to be at a higher rate. Uh, your breathing intensifies. That's going to happen too. Uh, again, what we're saying, just one simple thing by decreasing your downtime uh, or your rest time between sets. Exactly. Exactly. So, so now the question is, what is the inverse relationship when combining the two? Very important. Intensity is a percentage of your maximum strength. Your maximum strength, your your one rep max. How much can I bench press one time? How much can I squat one time? How much can I deadlift one time? And mm-hmm. so on and so forth. When you increase these percentages, you want to decrease the number of times or for all intent and purposes here, the amount of time under tension you are placing yourself in, which equates to volume. Intensity increases, volume decreases. Volume increases, intensity decreases. For example... If I want to increase intensity, I can do drop sets, as you pointed out at the end of the last show when you asked me about this, Joe, where I am under tension, 
with minimal to no rest for extended periods of time. The volume in drop set, the volume in a drop set, I should say, begins to decrease as we strip plates off, right? Right. But the intensity increases as we have little rest and our muscular endurance heads toward failure and our heart rate increases as we become exhausted and our breathing becomes labored. Make sense? It does. Okay, so basically when you decrease your volume, for example, your reps and sets, you increase your intensity by less rest, increased breathing, and increased heart rate, possibly moving heavier weight or resistance, be it with bands, plates, whichever, right? Yes. And, and, and so that's the huge answer in a nutshell, right? Yep. I mean, that, that, yeah. that, that's it. But, you know, there's other ways to increase intensity too, which will allow that to happen. It's not just increasing the weight uh, or the resistance. I just want to make sure people understand that you can stay with the same weight, right? You can keep your mm-hmm. volume there, but your intensity can increase. And I'm going to give just a simple example. So you're doing bench press and you're doing bench press with one, 100 pounds. All right. hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And you're doing reps of 10 and you're going to do it for 10 sets and it gets easier and easier. You don't increase the weight. You don't increase the volume. You don't increase the intensity, 10 sets of 10 with hundred pounds. So, so you, people will say, well, to increase the intensity, you're going to start adding more weight on to make it. Well, you don't have to do that. You could start doing jump rope in between each set. So I do a set of 10 and then I do 25 uh, reps on the jump rope. Then I take my break. Then I do a set of 10 on the bench press. Then I do another 25 reps on the jump rope. Then I take a break. So now you've added intensity by adding a, a cardio workout into the, into the program where you're doing strength and conditioning at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So you're increasing intensity a little bit differently. You're not really adding weight or a heavier band. You're simply adding another exercise in between your resting periods and working out that way. So intensity is increasing. Basically circuit training. Yeah. So now here is something many do not realize because they equate volume with toning and muscular endurance all the time. Volume amount is essential in muscular growth through a process that we call, and I'm going to make the joke here, hypertrophy. Yeah. Now, the reason why, I, I, Joe, when we were talking about the show, and I, I already explained this to you, yeah. I talked to so many people who, you know, it's kind of like fructose. We, when we joke around and say fructose, and it's really fructose. Right. Um, it, hypertrophy, ladies and gentlemen, for all those who see that word all the time, it's hypertrophy. Um, hypertrophy, you do not have awards that are stored away at your house, trophies that have taken in too much sugar and have a sugar high and are running around and you're upstairs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not a hypertrophy, it's hypertrophy. So I'm sorry, that's just, I, I, trainers out there, you get it. Okay. So anyway, (laughs) simply put, this is what hypertrophy is. It is the muscle adapting to higher forms of stress by increasing in size. So when you're adding more and more weight to it, you automatically, this is the, this is the mindset we've had forever. More and more weight that I add, okay, the bigger and bigger my muscles are going to get for whichever particular muscle group I'm trying to increase in size. Right. Now, Joe is going to put a link in the description of this particular podcast today. Uh, if anyone is interested in looking deeper into this concept, it's a fantastic study that talks about this. Simply put, they are finding over time that you can do volume which adds up to sometimes 40 reps per set, let's say, and still obtain size as long as the last several reps are a struggle, but with good form. 
So much more goes with that. Okay. So much more volume is something we need to adapt to over time. But I want you to think about that. We've talked about how you have to finish with good technique. You have to be, you have to have good technique throughout a movement. You have to finish with good technique, but it has to be a struggle at the end. If you can finish barely, but with good technique at the end, they're starting to find where you can do way more than that six to 12 rep count that we talked about earlier, which used to be the norm. So it's a great study. Look it up in the description. All right. That's what we're going to do for you guys is put those studies in there. And instead of breaking them down all the time, some of you don't want to hear that, but many of you do. So read up on it. It's our job to, you know, offer that, you know, offer that information to you. So volume is something we need to adapt to over time. As I was saying, there is, there's a beginning level followed by an intermediate level. And of course, then you have your advanced level, right? One thing I will say here is that we briefly talked about rep and set numbers changing depending on the goal of the individual, whether it be strength, whether it be endurance, whether it be power, and and the the list goes on. But beginner levels should always do higher volume, and I'm going to say something here, higher volume and less intensity, even when training for strength and power until technique is accomplished, and that is period. And I want to say this real quick. When we do strength and power, it's always a lot less reps. Power is anything from one to two, maybe three reps, ladies and gentlemen. Usually you see multi-joint movements here. You see things such as Olympic weightlifting. And when you're trying to increase power and explosive movement, strength is usually something that, you know, four to five reps, five sets of five. You see that a lot with intense weight. If you are in the beginning and even the intermediate levels, and you are looking to start practicing on how to get to the strength and power portion of it with heavy, heavy weight and less reps, you should be doing high volume regardless of principle the first three to four to five to six weeks until you have that technique down, which means I'm talking 12 to 15 reps at lighter weight when you're practicing cleans and snatches and squats and and so on and so forth. I think we called that foundational training. Remember that? So that is something that needs to be understood. You do not go into crazy right out of the gate. You do high volume even when you are practicing strength and power in the beginning stages of your workout career. And yeah, again, form over everything. Listen, everyone, your biceps don't know numbers, mm. okay? Trying to over overdo it just increases your chance of injury. It's your ego that needs to be put in check here. We make a big deal over the reps we lift because in our minds, it makes us stronger, right? But without proper form, not only are you taking chances with that four to six weeks off I was talking about earlier because of an injury, but you're more than likely working the wrong muscles intended for the exercise you're performing. Uh, I'll give you a quick example of this one. Anybody who's done rows, bent over rows, if you're not doing them correctly, it becomes this weird shoulder and trap exercise. You're not even working your upper back, which the rows are actually meant for. Mm. So, you know, if you don't have the proper form, you're probably not even working the proper muscles that the exercise was designed for. Mm. So, again, form and technique are far more important than the amount of times you can lift something heavy. Um, yeah. One other thing, too, I wanted to bring up sure. to, uh, uh, just just to mention. And although we've we've kind of said different things here, I, I just want to kind of uh, surmise this whole idea beti- between the inverse relationship. More or less for our beginners, what we're basically saying is if you're increasing your weight, you should be decreasing your reps or your sets. And if you're increasing your reps and sets, you should be using a lower weight. 
As you go down in one, you put the other one up higher. Now, there's all sorts of different resistance and different ways to, to increase intensity. But as a beginner, you're probably not doing those kinds of things like in circuit training and things of that nature. If you're just starting out, you're saying, hey, I just want to lift weights. OK, what does that mean? Well, st sticking in that realm. All right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, the easiest way to explain it is, again, as your weights come down, your reps should go up or the amount of sets that you do that exercise. OK, and that's just it in its extreme watered down version. When you start talking about different ways to intensify, like Tony said, you do a set. Maybe you do jumping jacks in between. Then you do your next set or you take a smaller break and do your next set. There's different ways that that you can increase the intensity. But when you're doing that, you have to make it a point that you're decreasing the volume, which, again, if we're talking about basic weightlifting, we're not talking resistance bands or anything like that. You would be decreasing your weight. So. Just something to keep in mind, because I said, you know, I'll give you guys a really easy way to understand this. And that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. uh, I would definitely, you know, moving forward, keep that in mind. And maybe it might benefit you to go back and listen, you know, to the earlier definitions of what, we, what we've been talking about. Maybe this clears it up right now. And there's no need for that, too. Then that's fine. But other than that, that's that's all I've got at this point. Yeah. Well, intensity increased too fast gets negative results. That, right. That's that's just the simple way of putting it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, pay attention to your workout recoveries and how long it takes you to recover from them, meaning muscle soreness, exhaustion, mm -hmm. fatigue, uh, you know, insomnia, things like that. Are, those, are these things happening to you over a long period of time? That could be a problem. You will know, you will know when intensity needs to be added as you simply aren't struggling at all. And on top of that are finishing your workout faster and faster. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing the same workout for three or four weeks and you were doing it in the very beginning and it was a 50 minute long workout and now all of a sudden you're finishing that same workout with no problem in 30 minutes, it's probably time to increase your intensity. Right. So one more thing I want to talk about today, uh, you know, as far as today's show goes, intensity is not more important than volume, nor is volume more important than intensity. Although... Many are in favor of intensity over volume because of its theory that you gain more muscle, strength, and power in this manner. I agree, but not to their extent. Although many are in favor of volume over intensity because of the mm -hmm. theory that more volume training equals more muscle gains to a certain extent with better cardiovascular development and more muscular endurance as well. I agree again, but not to... Not to their extent, to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. This is my belief. Both of them are of equal importance. I'm not trying to go middle of the road here. It's the truth. Both of them are equal importance. And we mentioned several reasons why already. There are so many reputable studies that prove both concepts help increase size, power, strength, and endurance. It is one of the, uh, you know, it's one of the oldest debates that will never end in the realm of exercise science. Rather than argue anymore, here's what I know. This is what I know. The best way to get the most out of this inverse relationship is a process we call periodization, meaning taking three to four weeks, concentrating on high volume with low intensity, followed by three to four weeks of high intensity, low volume. It's a win-win. 
I like the three to four week lifting cycle simply because it takes away one boredom. Okay. Let's face it. Nobody wants to keep doing the same stuff over and over and over again. And weight training is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Weight training falls into the same concept. No one wants to be bored. You also have a more well-rounded attack on building size and work capacity with quicker recovery, followed by strength increases through the roof. One last point also, which makes this, this combination here obviously of equal importance, two separate safety points. Well, I mean, one of them is definitely a safety point, the other one, but let's get right to it. One, by changing back and forth every three to four weeks, those prolonged pounding sessions on the joints are non-existent. So in other words, when you're going with that heavy intensity, low volume, mm-hmm. that's a lot of pounding, folks. That's a lot of orthopedic stress on your body. And when you're doing it for three to four weeks and then coming off of that and going high volume, low intensity, it gives the body a little bit of a break as far as the tendons and the ligaments and the joints are concerned. And that's absolutely necessary, especially as you get older. But it doesn't mean when you're 20 or 30 years old, it can't happen also. Mm-hmm. So you should be watching for that and periodize your training so that Every month, you switch back in the opposite direction and try it for a while. And number two, and again, not so much of a safety point here, not in the beginning, but if you stick with high volume, low intensity for way too long, say 10 to 12 weeks, some people do the same workout for three months, it will make phase two, which is high intensity, low volume weight, seem entirely too heavy and vice versa as well. Now, let me explain what I mean by this. If you are going with light, lighter uh, weight, lighter intensity, okay, so to speak, and you're going with heavy volumes, all right, 12 to 15, sometimes 15 to 20 reps of weight you can handle for that amount, and you're doing that for three months on end, you just came out of a three to four week high intensity training where you were going with explosive movements with a lot of weight, gaining strength, gaining power, and now three months have gone by, in which you have not revisited that and you've been doing volume, high volume training for three months, everything you gained three months earlier from that high intensity, low volume workout you did, all those adaptations are now gone. And now you're starting all over again. That's going to be the situation more times than not and vice versa, right? So This can cause, like I said, an individual to lose the adaptations they gained from the previous phase. And from a small safety standpoint, as I said, it's not the biggest safety standpoint, but it it is. It can in turn cause a problem with technique, which could then become a safety issue. If you lose that strength and try to get in there and apply the same strength, doing those same multi-joint movements, those compound movements, you can injure yourself pretty quick because your body's not ready to handle the weight because it's not adapted to it. You took three months off from that to do high volume, three to four weeks, back and forth, bottom line. Both concepts are indeed inverse in relationship and both are equally important to utilize. All right. See, uh, and you know what, before I get into the, into the summary here, I just want to see here. Um, so let's, 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 let's try to lay out a quick, very simplified uh, uh, routine to to kind of show the application here, right? Okay. So if we're talking about doing, um, uh, let's let's go chest and tries, right? Sure. Uh, and and that's that's the muscle that we're working on. 
So we're saying we would start off. How, how would we? How would this look? Uh, where we're putting intensity over volume as opposed to volume over intensity and rotating that every few weeks. Okay. First, let's do this. Let's pick one muscle group, one large muscle group. If we're going to okay, keep chest. this as simple as possible, sure. So, let's just keep it with chest. Let's keep it with chest. Sure. So if you're talking about that, first of all, we're going to also assume something here. This is a person who's been working out. If right. it is somebody who has not been working out, they're going to do high volume regardless for quite some time until they have technique down, right. foundational training, so to right. speak. So this is somebody who look, is looking to add something different to their workout now. So let's go with, let's start with, you're going to start with high volume, low intensity. Okay. Okay. So you're going to keep your reps anywhere between 12 to 15 reps, sometimes 15 to 20 for different chest exercises, maybe three or four different chest exercises, anywhere between three and six sets. Okay. Mm -hmm. And with that, with that volume, and you're going to keep the weight at about 50% of your one rep max. And you're going to work in that manner, sometimes even only 40% of your one rep max. And it all depends on, and here's the part that people have to understand. You've got to get in there and figure that out, folks. We don't know what 40% of your one rep max is. You've got to figure that all out. And so once you figure that out, you can then understand where in the last three to four reps at the end of each set, you're getting into a point where you can still keep proper technique, but you're starting to fail in the moment. So you'll know where you're at. I can't help somebody uh, you know, they're going to have to help themselves in that manner when it comes to that. Sure. So unless they're working with me, like I have some adults that are working with me now. Right. So that being said, so you're going high volume, low intensity. You're taking anywhere from a minute and a half to two minutes in between each set for each of the three or four exercises you're doing. And you're doing that on chest day for approximately four weeks. After the four weeks are up and you want to move over, to a more intense workout where it's Mm -hmm. high intensity, low volume, you are going to decrease the amount of reps that you are doing. Mm -hmm. And you are going to also increase the amount of weight. So by decreasing, okay, decreasing the amount of reps. So now you're looking at, if you're talking about strength gains, uh, what they normally say is what six to 12 reps. That's where you're, where you're talking about strength gains. It's actually a lot less than that. But if you're looking to gain muscle size, six right. to 12 reps, I should say, uh, you're going to increase the actual weight, decreasing the amount of reps, or if you maintain the amount of weight, but decrease the amount of reps, but in between each set for each exercise you do, you start to add push-ups. You're still working in the chest muscle, correct? Mm-hmm, right. So you're so you're still engaging in you're basically you're still developing the chest muscle. You're still engaging in and completely wearing out the pectoral muscle group. So that's what you're doing, right. and you now have decreased the amount of reps to six to eight reps. And you've increased the weight on the bar. You're getting six to eight reps where the eighth rep is exhausting. You load the bar back up on the bench. You get off the bench. And now you're doing 15 to 20 push-ups between every set, whether it's incline press, whether it's decline press, whether it's regular bench press, whether it's dumbbell flies, it doesn't matter. So you've increased the intensity times two by trying to do that. And you're doing that for about three to four weeks. Right. Okay, and then you would just flip back around again. And listen, folks, understand when Tony's giving these uh, uh, these quick sample example, they're just examples. Nobody should be listening to this and say, "Well, that's what he said to do." 
It's not what we're saying. We're just trying to create a visual for you. Uh, obviously, we're limited with a podcast. So don't go thinking, well, if I did that, then I'll be in my best shape ever. Remember, we don't even know what your half, what your 50% of your max is, your one rep. Um, and so therefore we're throwing out numbers to just kind of make it easier to understand the concept. Real so, simple. Yeah. Real simple. We're giving you guys the theory behind it and an example mm-hmm. to go with the theory. That's all. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. But mm-hmm. all right. So let's move into our summary. And typically I have a lengthy one here, but uh, I think we've pretty much summarized everything throughout today's show. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows perhaps in the next season of T-Bomb, we'll do the same thing. This will be our new norm. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that note, next season, we're taking a break folks. And well, you are from us anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. We're, right. we're going to keep on recording. But Coach Tony and I will be putting more shows in the buffer to ensure you, our listeners, will have a steady stream of podcast episodes for you to enjoy. So look for our return on Wednesday, September 8th. Yeah. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook. A lot of people may not know that. You can find us on T-Bomb, T-B-O-M Show. No spaces, no hyphens. T-Bomb Show for special announcements and posts. And uh, actually, we're going to be doing our first Facebook Live event here um, within the next couple of weeks for the season end and just kind of give you guys an indication of where we're going, uh, what our thoughts were going through this season, and uh, just kind of move forward from there. Can I just repeat something again? Sure, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen that are listening to this show, and we know there's people listening. There's people listening in Sweden. There's people listening in the United States and I think 11 different states. Yes. There's people listening in Great Britain and Canada. We see you. We, we don't see you. We <laughs> see – we have all the analytical data. We yeah, see we're, that we we're have not Facebook. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can't actually see you, but we see where everyone's listening. And so the problem is, guys, listen to what he's saying at the end of the show. Become a member of the T-Bomb Show on Facebook so that when we do our Facebook Live event, you guys are going to get a chance between now and next season, which starts, I'm going to say it again, September 8th is the beginning of our – because I don't think anybody's paying attention to this part of the show at the end when you're explaining this is how you – this is how we engage. But go ahead. Right. Right. Exactly. And, you know, as I say every week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Yeah. Until then. Until September 8th, I want to be sure to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, well, now you can message us on Facebook. Uh, You can also leave a voice message uh, via the link in this episode's description as well. And finally, remember to join us each week starting September 8th again, uh, as we release new episodes, as always, every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. Say, Say it again, Joe. Yeah, well, Wednesday, September 8th, in the morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. What day was that? Wednesday, September 8th. What time? 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I okay, because that's, that's, the, that's the number one question to me every time. I get yeah. messages all the time. What time are you guys on? Joe, what time is it? <laughs> okay, if they ain't got it by now, they did they, uh, well, if they've listened up to this point of the show and they haven't got it by now, I don't know right. what to say for them. But right. anyways, uh, folks, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, I want to say thanks for listening. Here's to our first season, and we're looking forward to many more. Thank you guys out there. We appreciate it. It's been a fantastic first season. I am definitely looking forward to next season. I can't remember the date and time now. It was a Wednesday 
uh, September 8th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's it. Okay, yeah, I, got it. It. I got it. I got it. All right. All right. Interviews, all sorts of extra things we have uh, coming up, folks. So we'll see you then. See you guys then. Or you'll hear us then. Whatever. Yeah. Wednesday, 9 a.m. <laughs> Eastern That's on the 8th. Standard Time. That's September 8th. September. Yeah, September 8th. Okay. I got you. I'm out of here.